Hey, miserable bitches! I'm C to the O to the D to the Y. I'm just Emily. This is Misery Manor. And leave your manners at the door! Episode 7, we're here with the Emily episode. Finally. And I know I, um, what I, I spelled my name out, so if we're going to give you one. E to the M to the I-L-Y. You know what I-L-Y means? I love, love you. you. Oh, I never like thought you? of that. So you could always do like E-M apostrophe I-L-Y apostrophe, and that could be your Tinder, um, <laughs> Okay. Your Tinder profile. We're not doing that. So. No, that's cute. Yeah. Right? To find the love of my life. On yes. a podcast. Yes. Do love. we have any news for this episode? Um. <laughs> Anything Okay, odd, honestly, a lot of people, a lot of people that I know, and then some people that email us say that they fucking love your damn rabbit. Oh, yeah. Well, and, Nike. um, well... He's still kicking, and he's in... Where the fuck is he? He's in his little enclosure. He's just chilling. He's fucking chilling, and... He's free roam, by the way, so don't at me about having him in a cage, because I don't. Yeah, because we got some ads like, oh, don't keep the rabbit in a cage. No, he's free roam. Literally, he hops up on her bed. Emily literally was sleeping with him the other night, and he peed on her when she woke up in the middle of the night. (laughs) At witching hour, literally at 3.30 a.m. Yeah, for so. two nights in a row. So now I have to get him neutered because they're love peas. And I have to sleep on my sofa until Valentine's Day when he gets his balls cut off. Yeah, so. Is that um, what happens when they get neutered? What? Their balls get cut off? Um, I've never seen So them. when I got it done. <laughs> like, uh, his. His. No, I'm kidding. I was trying to relate. Like, oh, so when I had it done? Yeah. <laughs> when just... you were neutered? Yeah. No. Um, yeah, they just chop them bitches off. And oh. they become more... Um, docile? docile? Ooh, jinx, Ooh. you owe me a soda, bitch. Well, you're or already wine. drinking my liquor. <laughs> but, um, yeah. So, people love the fucking rabbit. And all I got to say about that is, if you were here... It might be a different situation. Granted, he is so cute. I love him. I do love him, but he's bad. He's bad, and he's not very loving. No, he is loving. He's your typical male. He's a Holland Lop. He's just... Oh, sorry. I was no, taking he... the microphone with me. He's like your typical... He's a, kind of like a little tomboy. He's like a little jock. Yeah. He's like, fuck But the you, name but... is perfect because he is basically Satan's son. Like, right. he's just bad bad so yeah Yeah. so oh i know meatloaf died and john or no leon tolly i don't know how to say his last name yeah but the vogue Um, guy guy, which a freaking his fat he's a fashion icon you know he is one of the first people that really fought for black um african-american women to be on the runway really i didn't know that he was the vogue uh, so he was the editor-in-chief at large so basically, he didn't work for Vogue, but, like, he was, like, kind of, like, a contractor. You know, like, he would come in and, like, write articles and such. Oh, um, But he, him being African-American himself, he fought for African-American women of this all is... colors to be on the... Um, cover? On Not only on the cover, but on runway themselves. Because oh back in God. that day, like, in the 60s and 70s, it was very whitewashed. Oh, know? yeah. This is, like, this is honestly perfect and i feel like maybe i should dedicate part of the episode to him because that's kind of what my episode really is yeah um i don't i told you i was nervous yeah i guess we should just get into it huh right so like i told you i was nervous yeah to cover this case because it's not just one case it's kind of like a bunch of cases encompassed into one yeah um uh I did most of my research last night and today because I changed my story so many times. Yeah, because you have, like, a lot in the mix, but, like, 
Well, I wanted to do a haunting to kind of follow your haunting, yeah. but then I came across this, and I don't even know how I came across this, but um, I had never heard of it. And ever since I was researching, I had to pit my stomach not only because of the lack of information I could find, um, which just like not like it just made me mad, not because I didn't have enough, like I didn't think I had enough for an episode, but it made me mad because it just like the injustice for the people right. um, that, that the story is about. Right. Um, okay. Love that. But anyway. Yes. So let's get, 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 get into it, bitch. Ooh. Oh, I'm scared. <laughs> well, I was afraid one of your nipple rings is going to pop off when you get it too excited. Well, I'm not fucking shirtless. I don't know. You, I don't know what <laughs> goes on under there. Okay. <laughs> anyway, um, like I said, I'm nervous. I hope this retelling of these stories gives it justice because the lives in this story, they deserve so much more than the information I could find Yeah. Um, about them. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, so I'm going to take you back to the, to the seventies about a case that I was not familiar with. Um, it does not get the attention it deserves, um, which is why I feel like I want to talk about it. Cause I could only find um, like two podcasts that I saw anything right. on about it, but I didn't listen to them because I didn't want to like, I know myself and I know I would just be like retelling their story basically. Right. So that's why I didn't listen, but I, I kind of want to go back and listen to those. Um, anyway, it's the Roxbury murders. That's what they're most well known as. Um, the Boston globe was actually one of the only media outlets that covered the murders um, but it was widely discussed among black feminist groups like the Kambahi River Collective. And um, we'll talk more about them when I go through right. the story and okay. they kind of come up again. They're awesome and they're still going strong today. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, they brought attention to the public um, of the connections between the deaths and the systematically marginalized identities of these victims that we're going to mm-hmm. talk about today. Um, so, like I said, we're going to talk about them later, though. Um, during this time in the late 70s, Boston was going through massive racial racial tension, um, which, like, I can't even say with a straight face because it's it's like today. To um, there's this, it's, it's almost like it's been heightened from the previous presidency. Yeah. It, it's just, it's like celebrated amongst certain people. And <laughs> I just, like, do not... I can't even comprehend that. So, right, um, no. Um, at this time in Boston, it was awful due to the fallout from the school desegregation decision a few years earlier. Um, this caused, caused a particularly hostile cultural climate in the city of Boston. This by no means was the only time Boston saw this kind of racism, nor was it the only city experiencing this. Right. But this specific area in... Um, I said area, this specific era in Boston was basically encompassed with racism and the fight for justice and equality. Um, so we start in January of 1979. This case covers the murders of 11 black women between the ages of 15 and 34. Um, Young as fuck. Yeah. And just like a massive age difference. So, um, it was in the Roxbury neighborhood of Boston, Massachusetts, which hence the name of the case. And all of them happened within that neighborhood? Yeah. Okay. Within, like, I think I uh, say it yeah. later, about, yeah. like, two miles radius. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Um, in the beginning, it was called the Stride Right Murders because the first two victims were found dismembered in trash bags, which... Yeah, like Stride, like the um, trash bag Yeah, I buy, like, up and up brand, so I didn't know oh, that yeah. that... I had to ask you because... Yeah. I thought that was like a convenience no. No, store. No, it's like a brand of yeah. bags. Um, so the story moves quickly. There's not a lot of information on the individual murders or the victims. Um, like I said, it was through a five-month period between January 1979 wow. ending in May 1979. Um, I just want to emphasize that um, these lives were valid. Um, these women were loved and they were missed. They were humans. And I hate that I can't find more information to paint a better picture of, of who they were. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to go through each murder. I'm going to give you what I have on their, on the victim, mm. on the murder. Um, some of the murders did end in an arrest for the murder. Um, some went to trial, some didn't, some are unsolved. Yeah. So, um, you'll see. But the- you just 
giving light to their name speaks, you know, you're doing more than a lot of people should. Well, I mean, it's just like, I didn't even know about this. So right. it's just like unbelievable. But you're giving light to their name, so. Well, I don't want the credit. I want, <laughs> I just want people Justice. to. Justice. Yeah, I yes. mean, it's just like, what are we doing here, right. you know? Um, we're here, this is the whole thing. Like, we're here for such a short amount of time. I don't know if you believe in reincarnation, whatever it is you believe in. Like, me as a human, as me in this body, I'm here for such a short amount of time. And I hate the fact that my peers, my friends, my loved ones, my family, some people that are in my life, they can't feel, like, equal. And yeah. that I don't, right. I don't comprehend it. My brain does not, like, yeah. compute well, that's that. Just, that just says your character. You're such a loving person. <laughs> I know. I am, right? Ew, what? What were you spinning? No, I don't. Like, okay. I'm laughing. Wait. Okay. Anyway, oh. so I'm going to go through each murder, give you what I have on each victim, blah, 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 the arrest. Okay. You'll see that the murders are connected by the murders or murderers, um, but by the fear and distrust um, that the black community faced during this time. Um, so just bear with me because I tried to make it as cohesively as possible. So You did better than I probably could. Okay. So, ready? Okay, we're back. Or I'm back. Okay. Sorry. So, on the morning of January 29th, 1979, the two bodies of Christine, Chris, as she was known, um, Ricketts and Andrea Foyer were found at the corners of Reed Street and East Lenox Street. Christine and Andrea were friends. Christine, 15 years old, had a... Oh, my God. So, they were young. Oh, yeah. Uh, Well, some of them had recently dropped out of Brooklyn High School and was known to be very shy and quiet. She wanted to be a social worker, which was like, you know, Mm -hmm. kind of a loss to society. Someone that wanted to, you know, give back. Um, Andrea, 17. And I don't know if it's Andrea, Andrea, Andrea. Mm -hmm. That's just like how I pronounce it. So I don't want to like, like, disservice the person. Like, I don't know how to say it, but like. I don't know how to pronounce her name. So right. Andrea, 17, frequently helped her elderly grandparents. Um, though Andrea had just left home, she was cheerful and positive. Um, so, I mean, that kind of tells a little bit about her. You know, she she left home, but she was still going back. And Like, to me, that says she was, like, trying to, like, be out on her own. Right. But and she, did she leave home for, like, a particular reason? Like, not that maybe I could find. Like, probably it was, like, a bad neighborhood or something, or she wanted better for herself. Maybe. Maybe she just wanted her independence, because yeah. she was still going back home and taking care of her elderly Yeah, so it's grandparents. not like it was, like, a bad upbringing. Like, she never wanted not, to go back. No, yeah. not that I could find. So, um, and she was still, like, cheerful and positive and giving of her family. Yeah. So, <clears throat> so. Could be just, like... You know, she wants to see what else is out there. Right, because she's 17. Yeah. So, anyway. And this is the 70s, so 17 is a little different right. than it is now. So, sure. um, they had, um, both Andrea and Christine had been strangled to death and found um, lying next to each other in a si- <clears throat> on a sidewalk next to a school. Oh, my God. Yeah, which is horrifying. Um, Christine's... Hang on. I need a... <laughs> Wait, so they were... They were obviously friends, though, right? Is that why they were... Or were they just found together? No, they were friends. They were uh-huh. murdered together, and they were found together. So, uh-huh. um... Christine's body was inside of a large duffel bag, while Andrea's body was placed in a green plastic trash bag. Um, the bodies were covered in a bedspread or comforter of some kind, mm-hmm. and the coroner confirmed both girls had been strangled to death, and Andrea's suffering injuries to her mouth consistent with being punched in the face, which to me oh my God. seems like she's just trying to fight back. Yeah. Or maybe. Well, yeah, because she put up a fight and he was like punching her while he's choking her to death, right? Or choking uh, Christine. Yeah. So oh, um, yeah. I only have a little bit on each girl because this was like massively underreported. Right. So, um, and also, just, like you mentioned, like during that time, like, Probably this was the least of their worries for no, reporting and, a case like this. Yeah, and we'll get to that later because um, all of these victims that I talk about are black. Right. Um, so I just want you to keep in mind that while, you know, I'm assuming most of these people listening do listen to true crime podcasts, like we hear these, like I was telling Cody earlier, we hear these phrases, we hear these this terminology so much that we kind of desensitize ourselves to it. But like being strangled is such a, 
personal and horrific thing to happen that, you know, I can easily say these two girls, yeah, they were just lying together. They were strangled. They're dead. But it's so much more than that. And I hate that I can't like paint a better picture of who these women were other than like what their death was. Yeah. And also like when you're strangled, you have so many, I'm sure, assume you have so many thoughts going through your head. Oh yeah. You know, like you kind of know it's over, especially when someone's like doing it, you know, like I'm assuming it's probably a a male figure that did it to them, but. Right. Um, I don't know who was arrested. I couldn't find anything on that. Um, so that was that for Mm -hmm. that one. Um, so the next day, um, Tuesday, January 30th, Gwendolyn Yvette Stinson was found strangled to death in a park near her home in Dorchester. She was 15 years old. Um, now, Gwendolyn's neighbor was arrested for her murder. She, um, that was 40-year-old James Brown. And no, not that James Brown. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Because mm-hmm. I literally wrote in my notes, slap Cody if like, he does not know who James Brown fuck? is. <laughs> I was like, no. No, there's no way. Um. Because, I mean, well... Well, he wasn't from there. No, and I don't think he was... Around there. But the the name... I know. So, Gwendolyn was close with her family and was not known to run off or um, not communicate with her mother. Um, uh, So, when she didn't come home, Gwen, which I read several places, like, I guess she went by Gwen, um, Gwen's mother contacted local police to notify them of her uncharacteristic absence. Mm -hmm. They had absolutely no interest in helping Mrs. Stinson, um, which prompted Mrs. Stinson to contact newspapers and radio stations, like as many outlets as she could, and she urged them to broadcast a description of her missing daughter. So she wasn't getting help. Like, she had to do it on her own. No. It wasn't exactly. a concern of the media or the, like, please. She that. wasn't getting um, help, so that's why she reached out on her own. Um, the Boston Globe and WZN mm-hmm. Radio were the only media outlets that agreed to help. Um, upon the news of the death of a third woman, Mrs. Stinson led a protest to the mayor's office, not knowing that the third victim was her sweet Gwendolyn. Oh, no. I know. So she knew, she did that before. Right, so they're like, hey, we found a third body, and like, she was like, I'm fucking going to the mayor, like, my Mm -hmm. daughter's missing, but it was actually her daughter. Oh my god. Um, Just three days later, on February 2nd, 25-year-old Karen Prater was found dead near Boston Park's department office in Franklin Park. Karen was a mother um, to a two-year-old baby girl. Mm. I know. The day Karen was murdered, she was on the way to take care of her 75-year-old grandfather, Charles. Um, She was taking him shopping, which she frequently did. Um, Karen was found beaten, stabbed, and left behind a a wooded area near a hospital to die. Um, To me, that's very sadistic, right? Yeah, because it's like you're so close to potentially getting help because you're by a hospital. That's exactly what I wrote. Yeah, but it's like... You could get help if you want to, but I'm going to kill you or I'm going to hurt you so bad that you can't, that you can't take help yourself, yourself. There. Yeah. Right. So, um, I actually have, um, like, I guess a little bit of closure on this. And can she I... was, a, she was by herself, right? So yes. she didn't have her daughter with her. Okay, cool. No, no, no. Um, well, not it... that that helps, No, I know. Yeah. <laughs> I know. So it was just Karen that was found dead. Um, Kenneth Spann was arrested in relation to Karen's death. So that's somewhat of a, yeah. um little bit of a closure but like again i said like that's all i could find on it so um karen so this this is stirring now we've got three people now Mm -hmm. we've had this fourth death um karen you know was the fourth victim and now Mm -hmm. the black community in boston was distraught they're also distraught too oh yeah who could it be oh yeah so state senator bill owens and the mothers of the four victims demanded to meet with mayor kevin white which i think is so funny that his last name is white but he's anyway. black right no he's white oh. mayor mm. yeah um wow. i'm assuming i don't know uh i think he's white. let me look him up <laughs> look him up because okay. i finding pictures for this was really a yeah. struggle as well so because it was so undercover as well like a lot of people wanted to like just 
you know. Oh, it was very much brushed under the rug. And, and we'll um, kind of address that a little bit as mm-hmm. the story goes on. But um, let me know when you find that picture. So they basically had to beg him for this meeting. They met at a local school in Dorchester, which was called Bates School. I thought that was kind of weird because Norman Bates. But yeah. anyway, um, where Mayor White insisted that, quote, community participation was the answer to the problem of violence in the black neighborhoods and note necessarily increased police protection. Um, <laughs> which was what the community was demanding. So they're basically asking, like, we need police protection. We need we need you here. And he's basically saying that the black neighborhoods were responsible and needed to resolve the issue amongst themselves. Oh, right. So, okay. um, which first of all, black neighborhoods is a huge red flag right away with mm-hmm. what was going on. Um, this is where I get nervous kind of like explaining things, but um, this is where systemic racism begins, pulling a group of, group of people in one area and then basically making it impossible for the people there to receive the same treatment, money, access from the government as any other neighborhood. Um, I could go on, but right. I feel like the people, the friends we are making here on this yeah. podcast, like they know what I'm trying to say. Um, and if they don't, then we don't want them here. I think I could collectively <laughs> say that. Right. Um, anyway, so back to the conference. It was reported on page five of the Boston Herald and page 15 on the Boston Globe. Four women dead in such a close proximity and short amount of time. But apparently this wasn't significant enough to be blasted on the front page news. Um, proof that this was a massive injustice to the black community was a few months earlier in November when um, another series of horrific rapes and attempted rapes happened to eight women in the predominantly white Alston Brighton neighborhood. Um, the community here was also scared and angry and is, you know, demanding yeah, justice as well. Sure. Um, they had their meeting a week prior to the Dorchester meeting and it was reported on the front pages of both the Herald and the Globe. Oh, God. So, quotes from that conference? Nothing. No. Uh, police Commissioner Jordan promised, we're going to get this guy. District Attorney Flanagan promised, no fine, no probation, no suspended sentence. District 14 Detective Paul Rufo said, it's my problem. It's my community. It's my district. We want him as bad as you do. And no way am I saying these white women were less than. Right. Not at all. But in the same breath, I will say that the black lives that were taken were undeniably treated as right. less than. Right. I mean, a life is a life, right? And, exactly. But like. I mean, this was a week before. And it's like the efforts that you took for that. Why could you not take that same effort and put it towards these? Not at all. Yeah. So those that. Rape is horrific alone. Attempted mm-hmm. rape. Even more, I mean, just both of them are awful. Um, no question of having a meeting or a press conference mm-hmm. about it. It was reported immediately. It was front page news. Yeah. Well, it's a almost like later. out of sight, out of mind. Oh, right. And a week later, which these murders had already taken place at that time. Mm. Um, a week later, four murders had already taken place. And it was like a pain to even get them to have a conference inside yeah. of this like elementary school or wherever it was. Um it, it's just, there it's weren't, not, there weren't any powerful quotes like that, that right. I could find from that meeting. Right. Um, it was basically, you know, like Mayor White said, like, this is the problem of the black community. They got to figure it out. But then when it happens to the opposite, it's like, how can we and, be there? For right. You? Like, and what, so, you know, right. And that even more goes back to, um, the systems that are in place where you have these communities that are created where, and it back when I was working for a realtor, it, it's even said there when you're trying to get your realtor's license, like it's illegal to do this, but it's either called like redlining or something like that, where you, um, you like refuse to like let certain people move into these communities because mm-hmm. you know they're these types of people. Right. So that's they how... They might lower the value right. of that. That's why we have wards and things like that in yeah. Houston, which it's like, oh, that's the fourth word. We're not going to do anything yeah, with we're it. Not like, going up there. Or we're going to gentrify this because of this. Like, right. But these people are like forced to live there because they're not accepting them of any other place and mm-hmm. they know that like they couldn't afford this or that because it's all within the system. Yeah. All of it. 
they're set up for failure. Mm -hmm. There's no way for them to... Yeah, no, it's an it's a downward spiral. Like you can't, they cannot build themselves up when they don't have the resources to get right. themselves out of it to begin and, with. And this is the late seventies, so it's even more yeah. of like it's I, happening now. In the seventies, it was imagine that times now right. time. You know, so it's just to me, it's unfathomable because I didn't grow up that way. I didn't. I grew up with my parents saying, you know, like, because I have Hispanics in my family. I, I'm clearly white. Um, all of the, my cousins, my sister, they all married into two Hispanic families. Yeah. So, like, I grew up seeing darker people. You know, like, my right. my mom was like, that's a black person. That's an age. She taught me about different yeah. cultures. But never to be, like, discriminatory or to treat those people differently. But just to, to see, like, there are people that look different than you, but they're the same. Right. We're all made of the same, right? right. Mm-hmm. So, um, anyway, that was our fourth murder, right? Yeah. Um, okay. So, Wednesday, February 21st, 29-year-old Daryl, I'm not sure if that's how you pronounce it, but Daryl Ann Hargett was found in her Wellington apartment, strangled and bound. She was a choir singer and a social worker. I couldn't find much on Daryl, but to be found in such a horrific way in your own home, your safe space is just so much more terrifying than that simple sentence says. So, like I was saying earlier, just to be like, hey, yeah, they were murdered mm-hmm. in their house, but like that means someone had to yeah. break into your house. house. When you're just like casually hanging out, doing Or whatever. asleep. Yeah. Yeah. That's just... Horrifying. That really... So she's the fifth victim. Right, she is. So um, just to know that Daryl was a social worker shows that she cared about humanity yeah. and life and that she sang in a choir. It's just like she seems so pure. Right. She me. helps people every day and then the people that she helps, you know, so like, women turn on her. Right. So like someone wonderful and positive was like taken from our society right. um, when she died. So um, three weeks later, Wednesday, March 14th, Desiree Denise Elthridge was found beaten and burned to death in Dorchester, only 100 yards away from the school where the bodies of Christine and Andrea were found. Um, those were the first two murders. Yeah. Um, Desiree's skull and jaw were shattered. Desiree was only 17 years old. Um, she was a part-time student and lived on the same street as Gwendolyn Stinson. So these are all very, very close in proximity to one another. And um, close age. Yes, close to age. Well, I mean, they kind of range from like, I think it's well, like 15 to like, 34. But for the most part, it's like closer to that Yeah, 15. it's all yeah. young black women. So, um, but you have to keep in mind, they're different. They're all different cases. Mm-hmm. Some aren't solved. Some are just like, I don't know, like a child's boyfriend, whatever. I don't know. Because there really wasn't a lot of information right. on it. So, um, April 1st, 1979, 1,500 people congregated in the streets of Boston to commemorate the lives of the six. Okay, so she was the six. Um, Denise, you were saying Daryl, she was the fifth, yeah. actually. Yeah, so you're okay. right. Yeah. So, um, to commemorate the lives of the six black women who had been murdered. All the victims were found in a two-mile radi- radius of one another. Um, five more women would lose their, lose their lives come May. Um, Sarah Small, she was the aunt of Daryl Hargett. She died um, too? No, no, no. Oh my God, <laughs> I was supposed to say, oh my God, so now they're attacking the family members. Yes, but um, she posed the simple yet powerful question, who is killing us? So I'm going to kind of go back to the Kambahi River Collective. They're the feminist group yeah. in the beginning that was kind of like bringing this to the public's attention. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, following the march, Barbara Smith, she was one of the founding members of the Kambahi River Collective. Um, she made and handed out a pamphlet titled Six Black Women, Why Did They Die? Okay, so this is where I get, again, like kind of nervous, like saying these kinds of things as like a white woman. But um, in this pamphlet was written the importance of recognizing the role of sexual violence in these deaths. They discussed that it wasn't just a race thing. It wasn't just a gender thing, um, not individually, but collectively, that -hmm. both race and gender made these women especially vulnerable. That what was happening here was, quote, a thread in the fabric of violence against women. The collective explained that protecting black women was for black men, um, I know, to check their... um, their own physical, emotional, 
verbal assaults on black women. They also clarified that these murders were the effect of overlapping oppressions. This would mean to work towards ending racism, sexism, heterosexism, mm. classism, and all forms of discrimination, yeah. which I'm like, does that sound familiar? Right. <laughs> like with like, what we're dealing well, we're with. We're still dealing with that. Exactly. <laughs> so um, now back to Sarah Small's question, who is killing us? The contact within uh, the context within this question created a significant concern of the identities of individual offenders. Um, this infamous question of who is killing us wasn't just a question anymore, but the beginning of a statement that would long continue to be the structure of the collective and other advocates to follow who were dedicated to exposing this systemic racism in society that were a major force behind the violence against black women. So. Mm -hmm. There's my little, like, I'm done preaching. But, yeah. um, like, writing that, I just had this pit in my stomach because I'm like, you know, that was, like, back in... The 70s. Yeah, or early in the, 80s. Into the yeah, 80s, yeah. Um, I mean, this these murders took place in over a five-month span. Um, yeah, because 79 up until 80, right? It, yeah. it was June, uh, January to May. Mm -hmm. So, um, but, you know, some of the cases didn't go to court until like 80, 81, right. the people that were actually like arrest people that were actually arrested for some of mm. these murders. But, um, I don't know, just writing well, that I had this. And like, also like during that time, like if that happened to like a black woman or anybody black or even like gay, like if you took that to the cops, that was like, they did not want to deal with that. You know, No. they would run. I mean, from they it. dismissed, um, yeah. Stinson's parent, uh, yeah. mother and yeah. to have a grieving mother. Yeah that's or for a mom to tell you like this mm -hmm. is not right right for a mom that's present in a child's life to tell you this isn't right mm -hmm. like there's no other like there's no better clue that something is going right awry right. um so that was april 1st um we got out of time okay um exactly two weeks later on april 14th 22 year old darlene rogers was found in washington park um, she was naked from the waist down. She was stabbed multiple times. Darlene was the seventh victim since January. And I found this quote from an article I read that was published around Easter of 1979. Um, it was right after they found Darlene. And it's kind of chilling because there's no author. Mm -hmm. um, we cannot tolerate or ignore this violence. In the name of Darlene Rogers, um, Desiree Etheridge, Daryl Hargett, Karen Prater, Gwendolyn Stenson, Andrea Foyer, um, Christine Ricketts, and those who knew and loved them, as well as those who fear for their own lives, we demand renewed and unceasing efforts by the police and informed individuals to find and convict the murderers of these women. Um, I don't know. They just kind of like resonated yeah. with me that like <laughs> someone had to even say that to right. kind of like put a fire under their ass yeah and to to like make it real to these people yeah. like we read all these things of all these people that are dead and and you know these cases that we we look at and kind of scan over and like oh, i don't know much about that case i'm gonna go on to this case mm -hmm. but i always kind of feel guilty doing that yeah right because well, you're sure. like it's still someone that died like they still like just to think like i'm not very social i'm definitely an introvert you're mm -hmm. an extrovert i know <laughs> but like i'm I'm just thinking of the very few people like in my life, you know, yeah, that would sure. be affected. Yeah. Um, so anyway, um, we're almost done here because this is oh, it's no. gonna be a shorter episode just because, like I said, like, no, I love can't... it. You're bringing light to something that I've never heard this before. No, You're I had either. Something that you know we should give light to. Right. So another two weeks later, on April 28th, Lois Hood Nesbitt, she was 31 years old. She was found tied up in her bed, so someone else in their house. Um, she was strangled by a radio cord. The Boston Globe attributed an article titled Eighth Black Woman is Slain to her murder. Oh. Yeah. Uh, Richard Strother was arrested for her murder. Strother shared the same address as Lois, but it wasn't specified whether they were neighbors or had a personal relationship of some kind because it was an apartment address. So that's literally all I could find on it. Um, so 19-year-old... Um, I'm going to say it's Valeric, how mm -hmm. you pronounce it. Um, Valeric Holiday was conscious upon police arrival to her home on Friday night of May 4th. Valeric informed police that she, um, oh, I 
did not put she was, I put she stabbed. Um, she was stabbed by 18-year-old Eugene B. Conway, who lived with her in her Dorchester apartment. Um, Conway was arrested that night, and he pleaded innocent, of course. Um, Valeric died the next morning, Saturday, May 5th. Mm. I'm not exact on the day, but the article I read in reference to Valeric's atta- um, attack and subsequent death was written on Tuesday, May 8th. So it kind of like mm-hmm. went back in calendars yeah. and made the day, um, made the, Humid yeah, the, the, right. So like these, the last few, they really don't have exact dates, which I get to that. So, um, next the naked and burned bodies is the second one that's been burned. Yeah. The naked and burned body of 30 year old Sandra Bowware was found in a burning grass lot near lo- the local YMCA at 5 a.m. one morning in May. No exact date. Um, Sandra moved to Boston from Connecticut the year prior. Her sister reported her missing after three days of not hearing from her. Um, 55-year-old Osborne Jimmy Shepard was responsible for Sandra's murder. Mm. And so, like, like, the reason I stated it that way is because I didn't even see where he was, like, arrested and convicted of it. Yeah. I just saw that he was arrested, arrested. for it. Arrested, and then who knows what the fuck right. happened after. Because um, we know shit can get... Right. Twisted. <laughs> um, I don't know why I read the 12th victim, because I said in the beginning it was 11. The 12th victim was 34-year-old Bobby Jean Green. No, you said 12. Okay. The coroner stated that... Oh, this is horrible. That her cause of death was from a lacerated liver caused by multiple blows to her midsection with a blunt object. Oh, my God. So, what does lacerated mean? Like... Like, like trauma? Oh. oh. So, like... In internal bleeding, I think, is what it means. Yeah. Um, So, like, to be Mm. beaten with a blunt object, so then it rips your liver. Yeah. Oh, my God. Um, Bobby's body was found in an alley by a man driving past. Um, A female witness said that she noticed a man and woman walking towards the alley the night before. The woman clearly appeared to be intoxicated, so then the man picked the woman up and carried her to the alley. Graham was found the next morning with blood on her body and indentions from a heel on her chest, which is like, yeah, like someone kicked the fuck out of her chest. Or just stepped on her. Yeah, yeah. basically. Um, so only some of these women's murders were mentioned in the local papers, and even then had very brief descriptions of what transpired. Um, quickly, just being brushed aside. Even though the media was keeping count of these murders, it was almost... So, like, that to me tells me you're aware that it's happening. Yeah. But you're just not really uh, yeah. reporting on it. Yeah. Um, the day following the discovery of the first two victims, a four-paragraph article was written, but never once referenced the women's name by... Like, referenced them by name. Um, I don't know if this because... Like, if this was because they were minors, because they were 15 and 17. Mm-hmm. Um, but yet the following day, 15 year old Gwendolyn Yvette Stinson's identity was revealed in an even briefer article. So they're kind of like picking and choosing at this point. Right. Um, Karen Prater's identity was finally revealed a few weeks later. Um, And it could be like them just saving their ass. Like, okay, we'll take the young 15 year old and highlight her mm -hmm. to make it seem like, oh, you know, we're, you know, compassionate about that life and then just ignore you know, the 30-year-old, 34-year-old, you know, it could... I I don't know. It could be a setup. Right, which, like, I don't know the laws, Uh, too, back then of, like, naming... Well, you can report ...minors' names Mm -hmm. and and, and stuff, like, publicly. But, um, obviously, as you could see, towards the end of the five-month period, there was less and less information documented of the murders. Um, One exception to the murders being documented during this time was the murder of Faye Polner, which was highly publicized, making national news. Um, oh, that's my... Can you turn off my oh, yeah. oven? It's okay. Just don't stop it. Because you can hear me. Um, so Faye Polner, um, like I mentioned, she was highly publicized. Her murder was um, making national news. There was no connection to the other 11 murders that took place. But Faye was a white woman. And publication of her murder is a great example of what is called missing white woman syndrome, which is so very prevalent in the media today. So this woman was murdered during that time period. Mm -hmm. I mean, like you saw, most of them were strangled. Some of them were burned. Some of them weren't. So you can't say that it's all one person. Different people were, were, I mean, even 
who was it that said, was it Valeric who said like, no, this is the 18 year old I live with, which was right. most likely her boyfriend. Yeah. Her boyfriend. Um, so I don't yeah, know. It it's just crazy like... that like, <laughs> why does it, it matter? And if it was like, it's so weird. It's almost sounds like there's like a ring of people that are like in this, like, but it's all in, it's all embedded in our system. Right. Black people couldn't get these jobs. So you have these white reporters. So who are they going to report? They're going to report the white women. But what is the cause of the murders is what I'm trying to figure out. Like, I feel like there was like a ring, you know? Like I'm a, not sure. Yeah. So that's the whole, um, and some of the men that committed the murders were black. Do you know if the men that committed the murders had any connection to each no, other? No. no. So that's why, like, I, w I don't know if I explained it in the beginning, but the connection here of these murders were that they were all black women. They weren't publicized. They weren't covered. They weren't mm -hmm. documented. They weren't, like, given the attention they deserved. It doesn't matter that black men murdered them, mm -hmm. that different men murdered them. The fact is that, like, right. no one cared. They're trying to highlight that they didn't, their story was not told. So they had to group all these women mm -hmm. together to prove, you know, that's why they marched in April, like, and at that time there'd only been four women, which mm -hmm. I say they're only, but that's four huge lives, right. you know, that were just murdered and nothing Right. It was just like, okay, and that's well, it. The end. Um, so, uh, where am I? Okay, so these are a few words from the activists that fought hard for the injustice. Um, well, they fought for the justice of black women, and it's the um, group I talked about earlier, that feminist group called the Kambahi uh, River Collection. Mm -hmm. Collective? I'm not sure. Anyway, um, this was their quote. In the black community, the murders have often been talked about as solely racial or racist crimes. It's true that the police and media response has been typically racist. It's true that the victims were all black and that all black people have always been targets of racist violence in the society, but were also all women. Our sisters died because they were women just as surely as they died because they were black. If the murders were only racial, young teenage boys and older black men might also have been the unfortunate victims. They might now be petrified to walk the streets as women have always been. Um, that, out of anything in this story, I can relate to. Mm -hmm. um, I actually, like, that resonated with me only because as a woman, I can say I don't get gas at night. I don't do certain things at night. Mm -hmm. I don't do certain things alone. Um, but I wanted to ask you, like, and I wrote it here, do you ever feel like that as a gay man? Uh, oh, yeah, all the time. Even, um, I mean, there's certain times, like, not that I'm, like, I can tend to, like, sometimes I'll be like, okay, let me tone it down. But in my mind, I'm like, why, why should I ever have to tone it down, you know? Yeah. Like, if me and Josh, like, want to hold hands or we want to do this, why should we ever feel like we have to do that? But, yeah, no, definitely sometimes, um, I was about to bring up, but remember when we went on that meeting that one time? And they... Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. For our professional life, yeah, that was very uh, weird for me. But sometimes, like, being in cells, I just kind of have to, like, go through it. But I always have in the back of my head, I'm like... That should not be the case. Like, why should I ever feel like I can't be truly me? Yeah. And not that I'm, like, not, but I'm, like, I'm just trying to, like, keep peace. Be even killed. Let's just get fucking through it, you know? Right. Because, like, as a teenager, the only reason I would ever be afraid or, like, alerted was because I thought, oh, my mom would be so pissed right mm -hmm. now. But as an adult, I see why my mom would be pissed. And it wasn't necessarily her being mad or, like, it was her being worried. Yeah. Um, so, and that's just something that comes with life and living. You yeah. kind of see, like, oh, this is pretty dangerous. Like, yeah. I did a lot of shit as, like, a 20-year-old that I'm like, why the fuck did I do that? Yeah. 
like, why did I think that was safe? Um, just not like I was I'm telling my mom today, I was like, Hey, like if you want, I need to drive like basically three hours to go get my bunny neutered. Mm-hmm. I had to leave here at like three 30 in the morning. And she's like, that just doesn't seem safe. And I'm like, look, I'm on my phone charge. I'm gonna have gas in my car and I'll let you know when I get there. Mm-hmm. But this is just like the most efficient and like financially like responsible way for me to do this. Yeah. Um, my mom, like, you know, she's going through chemo, so it's not like she can just, like, up and go like right. she used to. She can't just, like, get up and be like, all right, I'll do it for yeah, you. Yeah, because she just, like, from day to day doesn't know how she's going to feel. And so, like, I know she'll be worried about me that day just because, right. like, it's true. Like, between mm-hmm. 3.30 and 7 a.m. or whatever of me getting there, what if my car, like, fucks up? Or has a flat tire. Yeah, something. Any of it. Anything can happen, so, too. So, yeah, because, like, when I was with my ex, I was with him for almost nine years, and it wasn't as much. Like, we would take, like, spontaneous trips to Austin and yeah. San Antonio. It was just my mom and dad were like, cool, because they knew it. I was safe. But was I? Right. So, as a woman, it's just... And I'm not trying to, like, equate you as a gay man to being a woman. No, for I'm sure. equating it as, like, technically a minority. Right, yeah. Because you're not a white man. Right. Like, a straight white man cisgender or whatever for sure yeah so there is some you you face this adversity yeah Yeah. and this discrimination Mm -hmm. on the daily so anyway i have a little bit um of a closing um in 2019 with the help of her friends activist kendra hicks created um a 10 art installation um across the city of boston where each of the bodies were found to memorize their lives. So she, and like it says here, there were only how many? 10 or 11 because the first two were found in the same place. Mm -hmm. So it went through January through May. It was called the Estuary Projects. Um, They only kept them up for 24 hours at a time. So they did each one and kind of gave that spot for for an entire 24 hours to the victim that was there. Oh, Um, So, um, just as the murders did, you know, that was 40 years before when they did it. So that's why they did it in 2019. Um, It started as a Kickstarter campaign Mm -hmm. and um, it raised $7,500 in just 21 days. Yeah. Amazing. From like 20, I think it was like 280 people. Oh, yeah. So, it's just kind of brought something, you know, to to the public eye about this. Cause like I said, yeah. I have no idea about this whole I mean, thing. Any awareness is awareness. Right. Know? And like, as I state my sources, you'll see. So like Wikipedia, um, S H N collective.com, which is mm-hmm. say her name.com. Um, an article written by crystal Haynes of the Boston 25 news. And that was actually about yeah. the art installation. Yeah. Um, two 1979 articles, one written by Cheryl R. Duvall and the other by Michael D. McQueen. Um, JabronRivera.com, which was also about the art installation, mm-hmm. masscases.com, and an article written by Luke O'Neill and the Feminist Wire. So um, there just wasn't a lot right. on these women, and I just but wish also, I knew more. No, but also, like, you you finished your story, right? Yeah. I mean, no, but it. what I want to say is, like, honestly, like, I think so many times, like, when we go into, like, doing these podcasts, like, you automatically, and, you know, we did it for the first, like, what, six episodes, you want to research the cases that you know people are going to be like, but you, with this case, you brought a light to, you know, what was it, 11, 12 people that a lot of people don't really know about, and just because the case is not, you know, in the media, people, you know... You are bringing light to these 12 victims who maybe people have never heard of. Maybe people now want to do some more research on just like, you know, you are giving them justice to bring them back to life in a sense, you know? Right. I mean, I hope so. I just, I have very close, dear people that I would consider like my family that are black. Right. Um, Of course. And I, anytime something happens you know, just unfortunately so much and unfortunately by our, you know, our armed forces that are supposed to be protecting us, I, I'll send them a message or I'll call them and I'll be, I'll just be like, I'm sorry. Yeah. 
because I don't know what else to say. Mm-hmm. I, I ask them like, what do you want me to do? What can mm-hmm. I do? I, that's what I struggle with in being 30 years old. I feel like I haven't really made my stamp on life. I feel like there's something, it, it, it's like, I feel like it's my job because these, why, why are they having to fight just to be normal? Well, yeah, and also <laughs> like, you just told a story of the 70s and you think about it now, we're still doing the same thing. If not yeah, worse. and if even more so, it's like, encouraged yeah. now like with our former presidency it was almost like these people came out of the woodwork and it was just like to me I was just kind of like oh my god like seeing that these people are still like mm-hmm. living this way and that it's celebrated is beyond my comprehension because yeah. well you're just a lover of people no matter who, what, where, right. from. I mean, I try to be. I mean, there are definitely people I don't like. <laughs> but but also you... It's not because of who they were born to be. Like, there are definitely things I don't like about myself. Like, physically, I didn't wake up and be like, hey, I'm going to have freckles all over me. Like, right. But you didn't wake up and say, hey, I'm going to hate you just because you're this or that or the like, other. Right. I'm just like, it's beyond. Like, and I always, I always have these conversations with my dad. I'm just like... I don't know when it was when you like wake up and you have your conscience and like you start having your own thoughts. Like when Mm, is it in your life where you start like thinking and like realizing all the differences and like these people look different and da da da. And that's why I loved being preschool teachers because I had like these little three year olds and they were starting to recognize that boys and girls are different and you know know, like right like little but like this person looks different than me. Our hair is different. You know, all these mm-hmm. things. And I don't know. I guess just like researching this case and I did. I love it. I know. I, I did the it. brunt of my, my no, work today. You did good. You did. This is like, that's a hard one. And honestly, that is one, like, I'm so glad you did it. That's not one that I would ever do. Just because like, you know me. Like, I know if you. I go, I'm I like, know. I'll call Emily. I'm like, okay, should I do this one? She's like, don't tell me. But I'm also like, there's so much about it, like, I, which is why I think we're a good duo for this, because, like, you'll bring the shit that people maybe never heard of, I'm gonna give them shit that, like, they've probably heard of, or... You you go for the shock factor, which, me, I'm like, I like that, too, but yeah. this more, like, I, first of all, I just have to say, Cody is wearing this black polo, and it has, like, a little bit of a white, and it looks yes, like he's gorgeous. dressed, it looks like you're a priest, and I... Oh, no. <laughs> I think that's why I haven't, like, we'll cursed at all. Charge, babe. Well, my nipples are pure, so. <laughs> <laughs> well. Ah, I'm so sorry I brought everyone down for this episode. It wasn't no. funny. So, um, thank y'all guys y'all for guys. tuning in, babes. Okay, let's get drunk and then we'll record yours. Yeah. Bye. Bye.